Welcome to the Glaucoma Traveller podcast, episode 0004, the Stonehenge Exhibition at the British Museum. So I travelled down to London uh, on Avanti West Coast on Tuesday the 15th of March. Uh, I booked this in advance and got a good decent fare and arrived at New Street Station for the 10 past 10 surge which I'd booked on. It was two Voyager sets connected together, so that's two different train sets, five of each coaches on each set and they were just linked together although two separate trains so you can't walk through them and I'd put myself a seat in coach B which in the first seat next to the window because I quite like having a electrical socket nearby to charge my phone and um, I got on and plugged my phone in and it wouldn't charge so I went and because this was the starting this is where the ser- well, service came from Blackpool and there weren't many people on the service from Birmingham so I went to another seat and tried it again and it still wouldn't charge so that was a good start to the day. Otherwise, the service was uneventful. I got into uh, London Euston at 11.35, and then I proceeded to walk to the British Museum. And I had looked on Google Maps beforehand to get my route. And basically, the easiest way to go to the British Museum from Euston, if you're going to walk, is to just go out of the Euston railway station and cross over the road and go up Evershaw Street and just continue all the way up and you pass Tavistock Gardens, which is on the same side, pass that, and then go to Russell Square, turn right onto Russell Square, walk to the end, cross over the road, turn left, and then go to Montague Street. So you're turning right onto Montague Street, walk down Montague Street, and you'll go to get to Montague Place, and that is an entrance to the British Museum, is Montague Place. So you will have to cross over the road, and then there's a, a tent, which you have to walk through because you can't just go in anyway which way they want to control the way you go in and go out so there's this tent and you walk through there and then you walk into the British Museum that way or you can continue down Montague Street and turn left and then go onto the main area which is the, the Russell Square entrance to the British Museum which is their normal you know we see the big facade and stuff and even then there's, it's, there's an entrance and an exit to it as well I only wanted to take a picture and I had to go in to take a picture because I wouldn't allow me to do it I was just stood where the exit was I just wanted to take a picture so no you'd have to go through so in the end which I thought oh sod this <laughs> I'll go through the entrance, take my picture and walk back out again. So I'm fairly quick walker, so it took me about 15 minutes, 20 minutes from Houston to get there. So we'll discuss a little bit now about my experience in the British Museum. So once I entered the museum, I was welcomed by a, a man standing outside one of the um, helpers that they have at the museum. And I just said to him, I need to go to Stonehenge exhibition. And he gave me directions. So that was pretty, that was very good of him. I went up the stairs, which were light coloured, but they had a black edge to them, so that was quite easy to, to see the steps going up. And there was handrails, of course, so that was um, that was good. It was the lighting on the steps was okay, but once you actually went next door to the entrance to the Great Court, which is a great big circular part of the museum, that just before the entrance, it was a bit on the dark side for me. It could have been a bit lighter. I went into the Great Court and I noticed there's some coffee shops, food concessions around there, which being the coffee shops that sold sandwiches and what have you. And there's quite a few people. It wasn't packed, but there's quite a few people. So it looked a bit busy. And then I went, completed my direction. So I went through this door, turned to my right, went through another door. And that was the entrance to the actual exhibition itself. So unfortunately, my first impressions of the exhibition weren't good. 
as someone who's vision impaired, I was astounded by the fact that I was met with a queuing system, which I expected because obviously you pre-booked my ticket, but the queuing system was in a room which was pitch black, although there was a sign inside there which was lit up, it was very, very dark. I mean, extremely dark. The queuing system was black tape on a black background. So you could hardly see it when you walked through the door. It was only because of the light coming through the great court that you could actually see there was some tape there. And the, the poor guy behind the desk that scanned your barcode for your ticket. I felt sorry for him because all I could see as a vision impaired person, I couldn't actually see him until he picked the scanner up to scan my ticket. And I suddenly saw him because it was in total pitch darkness. And then... I looked around to, find, to try and find the door to go into the exhibition or the entrance to the exhibition and I couldn't see it and I walked past and around and then I suddenly thought well it's got to be it, I saw some doors which were blanked off I thought well it can't be those so I walked past this this information screen and then and then suddenly found myself into this entrance which I walked through which I entered into the exhibition space itself and I just thought well this is not a good look. <laughs> <laughs> Throughout going through the exhibition, although the exhibits were absolutely amazing, they you know there's the, the, there's the sun disc and and there's lots and lots of different treasures from all over the world. Sort of looking, you know, sort of transforming you back to the prehistoric times and showing you what was life like and how they lived their lives and so forth. Although these treasures, whether they be actual gold treasures, or whether they just be spears or stones, or actually the skeletons of, of people, that paled into insignificance in one respect, because I was led to believe that they were actually controlling the amount of people in the actual exhibition, which is why you had to buy it, purchase your tickets online and book a time to go in. And my time was sort of 10 past 12. I think I actually got there at 12 o'clock and so I was allowed in. And that after I got through the, the dungeon of the, of the queuing system, I thought there was too many people in there actually at the time, especially when it's so dark. And yes, the, some of the, the exhibition, the exhibits had lights on, onto, onto the exhibits themselves. And that was all well and good. But the trouble was, was the exhibit cases, well, that was the pedestals on them, which weren't were dark. The floor was dark. There was their little lighting, or their subdued lighting, shall we say. Now, I know, I, I understand they wanted to create an ambience for the exhibition. But for me, that was totally the, the wrong way to do it. Because I think they could have been more imaginative about that myself. And so as I'm walking, I virtually looked on the floor to see if I was going to make sure there was no steps or nothing. It was all, it was, and it was all, fortunately, all on one level. But, you know, it, it was just that notion of it all being in darkness that you're thinking, oh, I have to be careful here. And I think what they should have done, they should have had it lit properly so people could see what they're doing. And if they wanted that ambience, what they should have done was they should have, if they had controlled the people as they were going to do, they could have said, right, we're going to dim the lights now for a minute or two and we want it to remain quiet while we, we listen to this media that we've we put together and they could have done that everybody stood there and just looked at what they were looking at stood still for a minute or two they would have got the ambience so they got the, the show and then they could have put the lights back up again and you could all walk around looking at the exhibits in a better light than what was there at the moment and i I honestly felt that I, for me, as a vision impaired person, I didn't get out of it what I thought I would get out of it. And it was £20 to get into this exhibition. It wasn't free. And I just think the British Museum has let a lot of people down 
in the design of this exhibition. Uh, not only visually impaired people, but I was really concerned about people in wheelchairs or people with poor mobility because you've got that many people in the, in the exhibit and there's not a lot of room to go around in the wheelchair, someone has a wheelchair. I just thought it was really badly designed and I have to consider was, was anybody who designed the exhibit taking into account the needs of people with disabilities and I have to question that because this is such an important exhibition it's a it's not just a a, a UK home exhibition you could say of, of something so wonderful as Stonehenge and the artifacts that it represents and what have you but this is an international of worldwide importance of this exhibition and I thought this is me it's not a good look for a world-class organisation such as the British Museum to put on an exhibition which actually, in some respects, is not taking into account the impact on people with disabilities. This exhibition should be for everybody. It should be done in such a way that everyone with a disability can actually go in and enjoy it. Now, you could say, well, it's midday, Chris, it's going to be busy, but they said that they, you had to book so they could manage the numbers. So if you're going to manage the numbers, manage the numbers properly, you know, get people in, do the right thing, have it properly well lit, then have your ambience. So people can, like I say, can stand still and listen and look at the exhibits while they're maybe thinking about what they're seeing and what they're hearing. Then bring the lights back up again so you can look at the exhibition, you can see what you're doing and then, you know, sort of move people out along the way sort of or encourage people to, along the way so that you don't get a build up of people if you're not going to have a booking system then that's then you expect a lot of people in there but if you're having a booking system do it properly i was so upset and so annoyed because you know i'm a vision impairment i'm not working at the moment and it was you know money that otherwise i wouldn't have spent but you know okay it's some people but it is a lot to me it was 60 pound in total so i, I got a good deal on a train fare going down i've got a off peak return for £40 and the exhibition was £20 and that was the first trip I had made to London since the pandemic so it was a big thing for me and I was really looking forward to this exhibition because I'd been to Stonehenge the previous year and I think I've been probably been let down by the British Museum I think an awful lot of people even those who are not visually impaired or maybe or have mobility problems I think a lot of people have been let down by this exhibition because it's because it's been so badly designed and implemented and the British Museum Museum puts on exhibitions all the time. There is no excuse whatsoever for them not to get this right for people, especially with visual impairment. They give you a guide. You can get a guide, a printed guide in, in large print. What's the point of a guide in large print if you can't see the damn thing? Because <laughs> the lighting's too low. You know, where's the thought process in that? You have to ask the question, are the people designing these exhibitions had any disability awareness training whatsoever and if they have had that's even worse because they're not used that training to develop the design and implementation of that design properly so i have to ask the british museum what on earth made you think that walking out walking from the great court into the queuing area which is pitch black is a good idea not being able to find the entrance because it's not lit up properly. And we're not talking about here about manuscripts, which you have to have in a managed environment because of the way in which light affects the print. But even so, even in an exhibition, you could have an area where it is dark. You don't have to have the whole area dark. Here we're talking about stone. 
we're talking about jewellery, we're talking about skeletons, we're talking about pottery. We're not talking about stuff that is going to be affected by light. So there's no reason whatsoever, in my humble opinion, that the actual experience that I had there should be in darkness, basically. I, I just don't get it. And I think I need to rethink how they've designed this exhibition at the British Museum. The stuff there is wonderful, but the experience wasn't. And I think, I think it's up to them now to make the changes that they need. And they can go to the RNRB, they can go to Scope, they can go to mind. So RNRB for vision impairment, scope for mobility impairment, and mind for mental health and well-being. Those three charities, national charities, they could have worked with them from the outset and said, we're going to give a vision impaired person a large print guide. But look at, you know, it's going to be really dark. So what's the point of giving a person a large print guide if they can't read the thing, this is really bad by the British Museum, really bad. And I don't, I didn't want it to be bad. I, I was really looking forward to this. I can't recommend you to go to an exhibition which fundamentally is so flawed. And, you know, I wish the British Museum well because, you know, museums to thrive, to be able to educate people, but this is wrong on so many levels and they have to do something about it. So, you can say, well, what did you do? Well, I've made a formal complaint to the British Museum and when I came back. And interestingly, they also sent, and I think it's a matter of course, they sent a survey about what you thought about the Stonehenge exhibition. And I've made my things known in that as well, as well as my formal complaint. I just think this is a somebody who do, whose design ethos overtook them rather than thinking about the people that are coming to see it. And to me, that in the 21st century, this is just sad that they didn't think. I'm trying to be charitable here, but I can't be. There is no excuse for a national organisation, an international and worldwide organization such as the British Museum to make this so bad. I'd like to see some action on their part to make it better for people and for all people. And I don't mean them saying, oh, well, I'll allocate a slot here for this, this these people or I'll allocate a slot here for those people. I mean, get it right first time. You don't need to do that. You should get it right first time. And if it means you have, it's well lit when you go in and like I say, you make people aware that after five minutes, you're going to put this media display on and it all go pitch black and you're going to hear this music and these sound effects and what have you and colours will change. Fine. Just let people stand there and they'll get that and then you can bring the lights back up again and we can all go around and look at the exhibitions. It doesn't have to be pitch darkness all the time. Anyway, as you can see, as you can probably hear, I'm really annoyed with this. And I think I have a right to be. And I think I also have a right to expect better from the British Museum. So my advice at the moment is not to go until... And unless you've got 20-20 vision, eyes of a hawk or an owl in this case, I can't recommend you to go. So I'm waiting for the reply from the British Museum. And once I get that reply, I will put out another podcast to say what that reply was. And hopefully, well, the sense maybe, or hopefully will prevail. Okay, that's uh, it's a bit of a downer, but um, that's all for now from Glaucoma Traveller. See you later. Bye-bye.